Superlight, Episode 9. Rock Hatfield, best-selling author, producer, and innovator, reads his new groundbreaking novel, Superlight. The author blends myths and ideas from the ancient astronaut theory and the Hebrew Bible to tell a story that will open the mind to new possibilities and distant worlds, all under the creation of the One. This is Superlight. Aetherians of the New Empire are banned from ever returning to Aetheria or from joining into the One. The border net is a solid wall to non-authorized Aetherians impenetrable. The Elo Elo Ahim passes through the net without a hitch. The blade has now come to a full stop. The shuttle carrying Excelsior Andriel is docking with the blade. Once the shuttle is cleared of occupants, it will return to the Elo Elo Ahim autonomously. Excelsior Andrew has made his way back to the bridge of the blade and is admiring the border net through the giant viewer screens. I haven't been out here for many cycles, beautiful to look at. Send some technicals out to one of those nodes to have a look at it. I am sure it is manifest, but there must be a way to defeat it. I want to tear a hole in it, big enough to drive the blade through it, Andrew says. There is only one express elevator that drops down to the 17th floor. The operator must enter a series of codes as the elevator descends. The codes are changed frequently like a password. There are government secrets on 17 that can never be accessed by unauthorized personnel, says Stephen as the elevator nears the bottom floor of the Pine Bluff underground base. The door opens and Nancy, Walter, Brad and the two techies spill out of the elevator to a large hall with long corridors running down each side. The footprint of the bottom floor covers about 120,000 square feet, about the size of a car factory or supersized retail store. We have all your gear in a lab down this hallway, says Stephen. We are anxious to see your device at work, Oscar says. Hey, do you guys want to see something really cool? Stephen asks. All three nod in unison. Great. Follow me, Stephen says. The group walks down a hall and enters a lab. Lots of tables, computers, not much to see really. Up on one table is a group of long plastic tubes, 12 inches in diameter, maybe 4 or 5 feet long. You can see mirrors at the end. Wow. This looks interesting, Walter says. You are looking at the real reason we went into Iraq. Sodom had this built from instructions found on ancient Sumerian clay tablets. They called it the looking glass. Our CIA guys heard about it and had photos and diagrams of it smuggled out of Iraq. We recreated it out at Area 51, Groom Lake actually. When they saw that it worked, the powers that be, Stephen makes air quotes with his hands, decided to go in and get it. This is the real deal. The whole 9-11 scam was part of an elaborate plan to get this thing out of Iraq. Plus other assundry items. Walter, Nancy, and Brad are just stunned. Stephen turns on a light source that bounces around from mirror to mirror and ends up at a large concave mirror, 15 inches in diameter. You can see faint moving images on the mirror's surface that look like old 8mm film. Grainy it looks like rioting in the street, store shelves empty, a stark apocalyptic scene. Large crowds gather around the U.S. Capitol building and the Vatican. Stephen, where are these images coming from? Brad asks. From the future? Stephen responds. No, Brad says. Yes, from the future, Stephen says. Somehow, light being moved over all these mirrored surfaces breaks out a light that is streaming in from the future. Walter moves in closer. So are these images just random snippets, or are they organized in some manner? Walter questions. The best we can tell is that they are like listening to an old AM radio at night. 
Stations from far away can drown out stations that are close by. Just sort of a jumble of music coming in and fading out. It seems that the images are from different points in the future. One may be five years out and the next fifty years away, Stephen says. So, what is so important about it, Nancy asks. Think about it, Nancy, having advanced warning of coming events. Plus, many times we can see advanced technology. It's priceless, Oscar says as he reaches over and turns off the device. The one big drawback, however, is the witness of these events will change them. It's a very tight loop. We have been shooting video off the big mirror. When we compare previously shot video from images, from the looking glass they are different. Some in subtle ways and others in major ways. Simply observing the future changes it. So we only keep it on for brief periods until we understand this phenomenon better, Stephen concludes. Okay, let's get you guys settled into your lab. I am really looking forward to learning more about this superlight. Our world is amazing, isn't it? Stephen says. Washington, D.C. is spectacular at sundown. The lights from the monuments and government buildings make for dramatic and exciting backdrop for the world leaders and dignitaries that visit here, as well as the everyday politicians that haunt the city. A group of high-powered cabinet secretaries and military bosses have sit down for an emergency meeting with the president. Gentlemen, greetings and thank you for coming up here to the White House on such short notice. I have been receiving phone calls and veiled threats from world leaders all day. Number one, what is all this fuss really all about? And secondly, what is going to be our stance in regards to this crazy technology, which I have heard very little about? Are we just going to take it from a private company and turn it over to all the governments of the world? The president asks out of breath. Mr. President, if I may, says Senator Abramson, who is seated on one of the two sofas just in front of the president's big resolute desk. I believe I was the first one to hear of this device. I heard from a doctor that works at the company, one of my constituents. He came to me frantic and told me many details about this device. He had the presence of mind to film an experiment he participated in, shot on his cell phone. I was so concerned about this horror show being in my district, I contacted the FBI director to look into, for I thought it was a national security risk at the highest degree. The FBI director sent in a team with a warrant to seize any and all evidence related to the Superlight project. Brad Hillier, the company's CEO, was one step ahead of us and had already moved all key components of the device and associated files and plans. We have no leads at the moment as to where he and members of his staff are hiding out. I would like to offer whatever assistance I can, being that this thing was created in my district. I would like to help if I can. Thank you, Senator. We can use all the help we can get. I want to thank you all again for coming up, and I would like to suggest that each of you consult with your respective departments and get me a letter that lays out your thoughts on how to proceed with this situation. Please give me something by the end of tomorrow. I will then be better informed on my decisions on how to deal with this issue. Thank you. All the attendants stand and stream out of the Oval Office. Ed Bramson hangs back. Mr. President, I had a deep black officer from the Space Force speak to my oversight committee, and she let it be known that she knew about Hilliard before any of this became public. I have no way of getting to her. But I thought you should know, she may have information regarding Hilliard. Very interesting, Senator, I will try looking under some rugs, but as you know I have little authorization over deep black project sites or the people that run them. Please stay in contact, Senator. Atlan, the home world of the Aetherians, is the seat of the Old Dominion. The large planet sits just outside the massive black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy, in a large cluster of stars orbiting the event horizon. The light from all the nearby stars eliminate all darkness. Every planet in this cluster is lit every hour, all over the globe by multiple stars. 
massive bright stars can be seen in every direction. Humans could not exist here, the heat and radiation would evaporate the water in a human body in seconds. But it's paradise to the Aetherians that dwell here. An indescribable garden, hundreds of millions of vast mansion homes with complex landscaping. There are over 100 planets inhabited by the Aetherians in this sector. One more beautiful and amazing as the next. Atlan is home to the One. The One walks these gardens from time to time and abides in a mountain compound known as Shaloahim. Ambassador Lucien Tell is an Ark ancestor. He was with the One long before the Matterverse was spoken into existence. There are a small number of Ark ancestors, as many as 100 are known to live. The Acacia, the ancient hall of records, holds records telling the story of the One and the Ark ancestors alone on Atlan. The Ark ancestors wanted a family and asked the One to enrich them with sons. The One said he would extract a small spark of himself and release it as a son for each Ark ancestor. Many years later, the Ark ancestors developed the ability to petition the One for new sons and daughters. The sons and daughters of the Ark ancestors are slightly less powerful than the Ark ancestors. Over billions of years, the eternal Aetherians have multiplied into trillions of beings and lower beings. The lower beings take the form of many exotic creatures that inhabit thousands of planets scattered across the Aetherians' old dominion. Atlan is standing by to receive us ambassador, announces the commander on duty. Please dock and secure the Elo Elo Ahim. I would like to travel down to Atlan as soon as possible. Brad, Nancy, and Walter have finished setting up the superlight in the big lab that Stephen and Oscar gave them. Brad, you mean to see the footage I shot of you while you were sleeping in the van? The interview I did with your driver, Zia, Nancy says. What? You interviewed my driver? Brad says surprised. Yes, when you were asleep in the van, Nancy says, as she is cutting up the video footage. Okay, here we go. Brad is watching the video, riveted by it. He turns it off. Well, Nancy says. It's nice. I always wanted a daughter, Brad diggles. I am sorry this shit is so crazy. If I don't laugh, I would cry. We haven't peeled back even one layer of this stuff yet, and it's already difficult to keep up with. When I came out here with Archer on his private plane, Captain Carpenter introduced me to her little great alien friends. We flew aboard a small silver disc-shaped craft to their home base that sits out around the rings of Saturn. Nancy looks right at Brad. Stop, Brad, you expect us to believe all that crazy talk. Brad pauses, don't you remember at lunch? Captain Carpenter said I would bring you up to speed. Well, I am speeding right now. Drivers, waterbots, now gray aliens and UFO discs, what's next? Nancy says with indignance. Brad says, who knew a high-frequency light designed to see cracks in critical aircraft components and machinery would cause intergalactic turmoil. So as I was saying, my understanding is that the superlight is a threat to a huge data-collecting operation that these high freaks have been doing for eons. Hi, freaks? Walter asks, puzzled. Oh, that's just a name I gave them. They are the beings that inhabit the realm that we see with the superlight. They function at a super high frequency of light. Their world is as real as ours, just operating at a higher frequency. Without the advent of the superlight, we would never know that they are all around us and strewn all across the universe, Brad continues. The high freaks drive avatars or waterbots, as Zia calls us without our knowledge, so they can collect hundreds of telemetry points during the lifetime of the Avatar. It seems that the Traveler is just a spacesuit, be it an advanced one for the High Freaks, Brad concludes. So the Superlight reveals this relationship to the Travelers, and that is what they are concerned about. Look for the print version of Superlight where you buy books. Superlight is part of the Atlantium Network, 
a collection of books, videos, and podcasts. You can find all things Atlantium on Amazon, Lulu, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, power and glory to the one.